Hello there, Chris Ryan. Hello there, Alex Simmons. How are you this holiday season? I am hunky-dory, which is a phrase most people will never hear again. (laughs) They got to come here for that, yeah. I really haven't heard it since it was the name of a David Bowie album. Oh, That's well, gee, see, I didn't even know that. <laughs> wow, okay. David, David and I have something in common. It's nice to know. <laughs> Go. So how have so, you been? How, wait a minute, wait, how have you been? I've been pretty good. Um, I started off a little holiday break very well yesterday. I went to uh, the movies with your godson, Tyler. Oh, yes, good old Tyler. two of us took in... Aquaman. And then this morning, I read a terrible review from Wesley in the New York Times. Wesley seemed to have decided he was going to hate this movie. Like, before he left the New York Times office. That's, that's the way <laughs> that review sounded. And I could not disagree more. Oh, so, um, really? Without spoilers, here's what I'll say about Aquaman. It is better and more entertaining than Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League combined. Whoa. It's uh, brighter. It's more fun. It is wildly imaginative, beautifully shot, um, and I would say it's second to Wonder Woman in DC getting things right. Hey, DC, um, take a bow. Uh, I think they could take a bow. I, I think I think DC gets a win here, and I think they're going to get a win on Shazam because we're getting a little brighter, and I think DC is allowing each character to have its own tone as opposed to shoehorning everybody into dark and grumpy. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, the seven dwarves of superheroes, dark and grumpy, yes. Yeah, well, Man of Steel, here's a being who's basically a sun god. He gets his energy from the sun, and they had him in the dark. You know, that's that's not right. Yeah. Uh, Batman, you can be dark and grumpy, but the rest of them, no. And one of the things that is great about uh, these American myths is that there are so many different tones. So I welcome what Aquaman did. I would say... Um, I would say it's a solid B, B plus, and I would say highly recommend it. Go and have some fun. Wait, 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 wait. Solid B plus. So is that like two thumbs up or a thumb and a half or what? What is that? Uh, I would say um, <clears throat> two fins up. Oh, jeez. No, no. I would say a Jace Momoa hang 10, you know, thumb and pinky up. <laughs> hey, dude. Dude, okay. Saying. Right, okay, gnarly. How about you? What you been doing? Oh, well, see, so we we unconsciously had similar experiences yesterday because I, uh. yes, I, with my oldest son, Matthew, went to see Spider-Man Into the Spideyverse. Oh, uh, I want yeah. to see that movie. Yes, How was it? and you should, you should see it. You should see it. You should see it. Uh, we went to see it. It was phenomenal, fantastic, bright, How- brilliant, great story. How- um, that was Miles Morales. Well, see, now that's that's the thing. I'm going to say right off the bat that I thoroughly enjoyed Miles. I enjoyed the the entire cast, and as oh, you can wow. imagine, the Spidey verse, we're meeting the entire cast, in, including Peter Porker. I'm sorry. I, I had a I had some concern about Spider Ham. Spider Ham. Well, don't eat it. But otherwise, watching it is it's just fine. 
But I literally, you know, and, and I'll say this you know, just in case there are any people sitting out there with, you know, like a Wesley thing where they, oh, how could you like it? No, I'm sorry. This is, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, uh, Shakespeare here. I'm not talking about some grand dramatic opus that, you know, will receive 19 Academy Awards for the heavy, dark, or intense or dramatic storyline that they did. I'm talking about a great, entertaining family film that had a story, that had subtext, that had character development, that was beautifully uh, animated and and filmed, uh, that literally we watched the hero's journey, and actually we watched the, the journey of maybe two or three heroes in this story. No, no spoiler there. And and literally from beginning to end, there was always something going on, something to watch, something to uh, react to. And, you know, depending on what it is you go to the movies for, I feel like they got eight out of ten right. And I, I just wow. enjoyed it. And Matt enjoyed it. It was his second time seeing it. So you get not only two thumbs up from me, but you get two up from him. And that's four thumbs right there, no fins included. Beautiful. So we got a, a recommended and a highly recommended. Absolutely. So ladies and gentlemen, you're looking for something to do over the next couple of weeks? Go. Oh, go to the movies. And see these relax, two wonderful. Yes. Have fun. In, have yes. Fun. Be entertained. Absolutely. Yes. Excellent. All right. So um, this is a first for us. Yeah. Looking back at a year and. And, um, and it's your fault. Ex- it's your it fault. It is my fault. Yes. <laughs> because I got up earlier than you and had caffeinated myself with beautiful <laughs> Irish breakfast tea so that when you sent... Now, this is where we share fault. You sent me an Instagram of um, Scott Hanna, big fan. We're both big yep, fans. Yeah, artist Scott Hanna. and wonderful human being, yep. Scott Hanna. And that started the conversation. And yeah. I pitched you an idea that... You, well, you said we should do an end of year show, and you were right. And and then you you which <laughs> was I fine. Twenty other ideas. I said okay, you know, <laughs> let me finish because I was writing. See, I was folks, and once you understand, I was here on the keyboard creating. And he sent me this message, and I you know I said no, he's right. Yeah, we should do it. Give me another thirty minutes to finish what I'm doing, and then we'll jump right on it. So what does he do? Fifteen minutes into that thirty. He sends me a list of what it is we're going to cover from his side. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I didn't think about my year. I didn't reflect on it. And actually, I have to thank him for doing that because reflecting on your, you know, the day before, the week before, the, the year itself, what you've done, what you've accomplished, what you still need to, 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 to go after or what you're being challenged by, looking back on these things and really giving it some thought is useful. Uh, oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's not only useful in terms of, okay, what's the list, but more so, it, you know, I, I tend to, and I, I bet there are a lot of people out there who do this, I tend to forget some of the good that I do. Yeah, right. I'm, I, I find myself sometimes focusing on, dang, I didn't finish this, or, you know, I don't have enough of that, or, I, I, you know, I wish I had accomplished such a... And then, you know, yeah. you take that I moment. Say, I think the end of the year is not, and a lot of people make the mistake of thinking, what I didn't finish, yep. what I didn't succeed yep. at. Yep. The end of the year is, okay, what did we do? Yeah, start there. And then and then use that to motivate us to move forward. Exactly, because, you know, unless unless literally you're, you're leaving time, space, and everything else, you still have time ahead of you, and you can pick up some of the things, or maybe you decide, you know what, I didn't need to do those other things. But anyway, I, I, I digress. 
reflecting, good idea. And so, yes, I had to make my list, so I needed another. So, do you want to go first? Well, you know, I think I will. I think I will. I will All go right. first. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, doing the work. Doing the work. Highlights so, from Alex Simmons. Dun, 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 dun. Now, and again, I'm going <laughs> to separate the professional stuff from a couple of other things that are equally satisfying, but I'll, I'll mention those later. Uh, but so we'll start with the professional stuff. So first off, starting at the beginning of the year, I started off the year by signing an options deal in in Hollywood for Blackjack. So bravo! That bravo, was bravo. that that was that was super. Now just just to be totally transparent, this is not the first options deal in twenty some odd years that I've ever signed for Blackjack. But this has been one that is seriously on track, and and it is a year later. I mean, it's the end of the year and. We have accomplished a lot, and there's still some steps to do, but it feels really good. It feels like this time it's going to happen. It's going to happen in, in a way that I'm very excited about. And so, you know, knock on wood, kiss, you know, the Blarney Stone, you know, rubber rabbit's foot, whatever else people did, say a prayer, whatever else people can do, throw out those good vibes, because it looks like we're, we're, we're coming home. You know, we're coming down around the stretch here. And that was, a, that was a big thing. You know, it has been a lot of years. And to know that I stayed faithful to the course and, and dealt with a lot of the disappointments that came along the way, you know, worked with some wonderful people. You mentioned Scott. I, you and I have been working on Blackjack off and on for years. Uh, but I've worked with other artists and people like that. It's been, a, there's nothing for me to look back on and say, gee, wasted time. No. Uh, and this, this sort of speaks to that because, yeah. 20-some-odd years later, here this moment is happening. So I'm very excited about that. You know, again, it's not a guarantee, but we are so darn close. So up, 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 and, and hip, hip, and hooray on that. Um, the next thing I did, you know, I tried to keep this in somewhat some sort of order, is I, you know, I, I was in April. I was brought out to San Diego uh, to be an Eisner judge. And that means that... What? Why were you chosen as an Eisner judge? Be- because people are insane. No, <laughs> I. You know, I will never. I will never. Truly... Well, what comes before being chosen as an Eisner judge? What do you usually get awarded? Oh, okay. So you want to go that route? So, okay. Last year, last Any year. Any chance I get to, you know, to blow your horn? Yes. <laughs> last year uh, at the San Diego Comic Con, I was honored with by receiving an Inkpot Award, which is, I guess, their equivalent of the Grammy. Uh, it's, it's phenomenal. I was thrilled. I totally caught me off guard uh, and out of left field, but greatly appreciated. sense to me, bro. And, 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 well, thank you, sir. And it's That's literally, it's, I'm putting my fingers on it right now because it sits on my desk proudly. And, oh, my God, uh, this is a family show. I'm, ta- I'm, ta- I'm talking about the award. I'm putting my hand on the award here. And, and, you know, it's, it was that I received that. And to me, that was, that was it. That was the moment. And I did not expect anything else from them. But then towards the end of the year, I got the call. Uh, we'd like you to be an Eisner judge. And all you have to do is read a thousand graphic novels <laughs> between now. That's a small price. Yeah. Between now and April. Uh, and so, yeah, myself and six other wonderful human beings are out there reading, you know, think about this. We really suffer. We're reading comics for, for like six to seven months. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, woe is us. Right? And then we're flown out there. We're put up in a nice hotel. And, and so April of this year, I'm in a nice hotel in beautiful San Diego. 
with with um, you know where I get to stay and have nights, and then I go across the street to the to the uh, Comic Con offices, which are beautiful, and I sit with people, and we read and talk about graphic novels and decided what represented the best of the industry, and that was a very exciting and uh, program process. Uh, there's so many things that I wish we could have awarded. But bottom line, I enjoyed that experience, and I was really quite honored to be a part of that team. So that was, that was April. And then right around the same time, my Art of Making Comics uh, book, which is a book that was published last year, uh, this year was translated into Russian and was bought and sent out into the minds and hearts of, of artists in Russia. And I was very excited about that. That's an accomplishment I had not foreseen a year ago. And I'm thrilled that it came about, and it certainly uh, speaks to, again, art, like some other things, being, you know, something that doesn't recognize borders or politics. Uh, let's see. So, number four. Speaking of travel, because I had gone to Russia and, and done writing uh, master classes and things and taught uh, and spoke while I was out there. Five cities, by the way. That was last year. So this year, I was invited to Serbia. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I making? I'm hearing noise? all. Yeah, I'm hearing all these sounds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I will stop doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's, the guy, the guy went. Business. The guy went out, and he's he's delivering papers in his neighborhood while I'm talking. That's right. <laughs> anyway, anyway, we got to make money where we can. Anyway, in uh, also in June of this year, uh, I was invited to Serbia uh, to a, a young uh, comic arts festival. And I was asked to, to teach a master class there and to meet with other artists. And that was a phenomenal experience. And then, uh, let's see, that was, that was number four. So then number five, uh, I'm, no, I'm going to save five for, for the personal stuff. Save five I for really the should have gone first because, uh, you know, you're a world traveler. And I, you know, I went to Sears. Yeah. So. No, you also <laughs> went to Chicago or someplace like that or Ohio. Oh, that's right. But go ahead. Okay, so then um, I've, I've been invited, I'm in, and I'm going to pick my words here carefully. I've been invited to develop a kids' Comic Con uh, or a Comic Con for kids in another country. Uh, and if this all comes together as expected, uh, that will happen in March of 2019. And, you know, this will be, I mean, I've been invited to other countries to speak, and I've done Excuse things. I've done things like that online uh, with, other, with other, other countries and kids and working with them and creating comic art. But this would be the first time that I've been invited to actually go to another country and help develop and produce a family area um, and uh, workshops and things like that for kids. Uh, and I'm really excited about that. So that, that's, a, that's a great opportunity. And as I said, you know, I'll keep people posted on that. You said, "Excuse yeah, me." Do you and, want to say something? And I hope, I hope they have they have need of a staff. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be willing to come <laughs> with me, would you? I'm. I would love to. Yeah. Well, you know, then let let on a panel or let's keep our fingers crossed that this all knits together. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. You heard it on the air, folks. I try to worm my way in. And he probably has <laughs> succeeded, folks. Like I said, we'll keep you posted. Um, I was also invited to and accepted and was voted onto the board of advisors for the African Cartoon Center in Nigeria. So I've now, you know, been acting as an advisor 
to them for some of their projects. And this is a, an organization that's been around for a number of years, but they're now really stepping forward and trying to progress uh, and, and present these, the skills and talent of African artists. So it's not just African artists from Nigeria, but artists all throughout Africa. So that's, that's quite an honor for me. And I'm, you know, like, uh, I was a little blitzed. I was like blown away when, when they contacted me about it, but it, it felt like it was the right thing to do. And I'm, I'm glad to have that opportunity. Uh, let's see. So that's seven. Then I go to, no, I skipped that one because that's personal. And I'll tell you about that later. So, um, well, uh, Chris had mentioned uh, Trial by Ice and Trial by Fire. Actually, let me reverse that, Trial by Fire and Trial by Ice, which was a blackjack book that we released in November. And, uh, yeah, we, and again, I don't, you know, I have to, you're right. We have to start numbering for the audience the episode so I can say which one it was. But um, about, I think it was around November of this year or, or yeah, around November, I did uh, an episode of Tell the Damn Story where I talked about the difficulties I had writing that. So, folks, I'll put in the comments somewhere on a, you know, which episode that was. But we, we got through it. We both got through it, uh, writing our respective stories for that book. And the book was released and received you know, five stars and a number of really great uh, reviews and compliments on it. I'm really excited and happy about that. And I want to thank the people uh, who helped us make that possible. So that, that was great. And I have just a couple of more th quick things here. Um, I was invited to and, and brought on to a really interesting project. I mean, it seems like this was international year, or at least it is in that I get to work well, on a couple you. of... Yeah? <laughs> well, for me, yeah. But also I get to work on a project that's actually American-based, but deals with Africa again, because I was invited to be a co-editor and to contribute some writing to a book called The Black Panther Psychology, uh, it's a, one of a series of books that Travis Langley has been developing over the, uh, I think, the past three, four years. Maybe I'm wrong, right. Travis. This is the psychology of a particular character. Right, in comics, yes. right, exactly. I've seen... Uh, Daredevil is one. They've done Batman. One the Avengers, yep. one for um, Batman, one for Buffy. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've read a few of those. Yeah, so uh, it's exciting because I'm involved in that, and uh, I've been able to uh, get Don McGregor, who wrote Panther's Rage, which is the maxi-series, 12-issue series of Black Panther from back in the day that really the movie, a lot of the movie was based on. So Don's oh, yeah. going to be doing a forward uh, for the book, and uh, I've gotten to interview Keith Williams, who, uh, who is a black actor who people will probably know his face if they don't know his name. Uh, he's been in everything, but he was also the first black actor to do the voiceover for um, a Panther animation series, a Black Panther animated series. Sure. Uh, Storyline, rather, not series. series. Not series, but story. That I have to correct myself there. But Keith was exciting to talk to. Uh, it's, it's really nice when you, when you get to talk to people whose work you've admired, and they turn out to be decent human beings. Yes. You know, that's, that's really a joy. So anyway, I got to do that, and I'm almost finished here, Chris. Um, Black Panther. Oh, and then, uh, again, just dealing with personal wonderful things. There's the Blackjack Crimson Cross story that you you did, Sally, and I did Blackjack Crimson Cross, and that was the pulp stories that we did for that anthology that will be coming out next year, right? Uh, they hoped for a March release date. It's from ProSem, and it's called... Um, uh, 
Pulp United. New, ah. new Pulp United. Okay, well, we'll it's keep you posted on that, too. Yeah, New Pulp United. I'll have to lock that one in my head. The last thing that I'll mention for now is, a, totally to my shock, um, a bad thing or a sad thing that happened resulted in, in an, an interesting interview that I never saw coming. Um, as you know, uh, we lost Stan Lee this year. Yes. Yeah, you know, and, and he, you know, I, 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 I will say the man lived a, a long and remarkable life. And, and, you know, I, I think we should remember that and, and, and sort of celebrate all of that. But I never would have thought that when this gentleman moved on that anybody would be interviewing me about that. But out of the blue, I get a phone call initially from a reporter for Associated Press who interviewed me on the phone about what I knew about Stan because I'd met him when I was a teenager and then, you know, off and on throughout the years, would run into him or, or go visit him in his office when I was out in L.A., and we would talk, and, you know, and again, just, just a, you know, an acquaintance, a warm acquaintance, I guess is what I would call it. I wouldn't say that Stan would say, oh, yeah, Alex is my best friend, you know. But um, that was a surprise. And then, like, within 24 to 48 hours, I get another call from the Associated Press, and they said, look, we, we want to send out a, a cameraman to interview you on camera. I said, again? Yeah, and so they did, and uh, we went to a comic book store in the Bronx called um, The Lair, and thank you so much for you know letting me come there. Uh, great store, find it. I, I'll post the address. But anyway, uh, we did the interview there on camera, and so I, I mean, I, it's not too often that the Associated Press calls me for anything <laughs> except maybe you know, would you like you know like a subscription? So I was really charged by that. So. Uh, those are just a few of the really remarkable things that have happened uh, this year that I can look back on and, and be really sort of excited about from a professional standpoint. That's, I mean, that is some list. <laughs> I, and I didn't, until you said we're doing this episode on that or with that as a part of it, that I went, oh, God, I, what, what happened this year? And I started, literally, I have a, a blank I have a sheet of white eight and a half by eleven paper here with scribbles all over it because I had to think I, about what happened this year. I want to tell you, I just want to point out, ladies and gentlemen, that just earlier in this podcast, Alex was saying I had surprised him and didn't give him uh, you know, time to think <laughs> back on twenty eighteen. And we've been listening for how long about his international adventures uh, how do you top that <laughs> I'm going to top it by explaining in my highlights that um, the months of, uh, 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 course that I taught on Pluto was very rewarding <laughs> <laughs> you know what but this is what makes Alex Simmons Alex Simmons I'm just going to scribble on a piece of paper we could frame that paper Look at what what can be done in a year, right? God bless him. And here's someone who, if you asked him, how did 2018 go, he would probably shrug and go, uh. but once you push him a little bit, he realizes how how much he is, Alex Simmons. So uh, I will do my paltry... Oh, stop. Come on. Intimidated. Oh, jeez. Homebody list. <laughs> oh, All right, so here we go. I tell you, it, it, some of them, are, they're very simple, and none of them involve Russia. 
slightly. There's one slight reference to Russia. Um, so I'm just messing around. All right. So one of the things for me was getting out of the house. Um, I had spent the last several years kind of woodshopping, woodshedding, you know, uh, uh, staying home uh, or with and around, following the wife around when I wasn't right. <laughs> I'm sure she loved but, that. Yeah, to a certain point. Then she goes, go back and then write. Um, and I was just working on my, uh, uh, developing my writing abilities and publishing, writing, editing, rewriting, editing, rewriting, getting someone else to edit, rewriting, and publishing, right? And I realized that I was no longer good at the other parts of, uh, well, I don't know whether I was any good anymore, but I had not done the other parts of the business, going out, meeting people, going to conventions, uh, actually standing you know, behind your books and saying, these are worth your time. Um, and I had developed a kind of phobia about going out there and 20, uh, 2017, uh, uh, 2018, yeah, was the year that I forced myself out. I went about to about five different conventions and other, uh, activities where I was out and about and, um, it was great to prove to myself I could do it to get better at it. And it began, um, something I had not anticipated was um, finding a new or expanding uh, the writing community. Um, I had not met new people who were writers and who, with whom I shared ideas in a long time. Um, and it was revitalizing. And I, one of my goals for 2019 is to be even more involved mm. with that community mm -hmm. that I cherish very much. Um, second would be, not in the order of importance, but um, uh, publishing a, a Simple Rebellion, ah, yeah. Trial by Fire, Trial by Ice, and the two pulp stories we talked about last episode, Blackjack and Secret Agent X. What was the name of that story? Uh, Night of the Crimson Cross. Night of the Crimson Cross. And um, Sally the Sleuth, the disappearing debutantes. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I love it. I love it. That story. Fun. And I, I met a lot of goals on that story. Um, that's a lot of work to uh, get to a publishable level and get out there uh, to the world in one year. Um, so I was pretty satisfied with that. Uh, another highlight was meeting Joe R. Lansdale. Ah, yes. He's, he's one of your one of, heroes, right? One, one of my many writing heroes. Um, I've met um, E.L. Doctro, and I met Richard Price. Richard Price was much more embracing and uh, lovely and gave me some great advice years and years ago. Um, but both of them felt like even though Richard Price was a Bronx boy like me, he felt like he had moved on to this other lifestyle that wasn't quite accessible to me. Mm -hmm. And many of the other writers at Thriller Fest or other places that I have, you know, or conventions or whatever that I've met always had that kind of, you know, we're in another world than you feel. Um, and then this summer I met Joe R. Lansdale. Now, Joe R. Lansdale is in another world than I am. He's down from Texas. 
mm. which is a world unto itself. <laughs> <laughs> he has 20 or 30 years of publishing. Um, he's had movies, he's had uh, TV shows, Happen Leonard, um, and lots of books and all that stuff. And here he is in a, a, a denim T-shirt and jeans. Uh, hey, how are you? You know, signing books and talking. And then I asked him, I was sure. Well, one of the things I started doing uh, uh, this year was interviewing other authors mm -hmm. for our podcast. Mm -hmm. And he was the most famous author that I ever asked for an interview. Um, and I was pretty sure he would say no. And he said, yeah. <laughs> Just like that, <laughs> Let's too. Let's do it. He says, where do you want to do it? And I showed him. I use voice recorder on my, uh, that's the name of the app, on, uh, on my phone. And I said, we're just going to, we'll steal one of the empty rooms, and I'm going to use this. And I showed him. He goes, that sounds fantastic. Let's steal a room. So, <laughs> so, a caper. And we, went, a caper. And we had a conversation, and he was so generous. And uh, later on, you know, like the next day or so, he sauntered down to my booth. Uh, or my table, and bought one of my books. And he said, look me right in the eye, and he says, you know, we have to support each other. Writers have to support each other. And I just have meant so much. It's the same like when I have conversations with you, and you say, you're a writer, you're a writer, you're a writer, and all that stuff, and you're doing well, and all that stuff. Uh, but to see someone of that status, someone whose work I've read for years before meeting and to have him show a little bit of that generosity. I tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, a moment of generosity can go so far Too true. for just other human beings. Yep. Even at work yesterday, I was having a little hassle and uh, a young lady, Dr. Jakubik, came over and, and, and oh, she texted me. She said, if you want to talk, here's where I am all day. And I didn't, you know, particularly need to talk, but that moment made everything okay. Just the human contact. And Joe Lansdale is fantastic at human contact. And uh, really made me feel like, oh, getting there is possible. And uh, that's that And not losing who you are in the process. Right, right, yeah. right. And yeah. I don't think Richard Price lost who he was or... E.L. Doctorow or any of the other people, you know, God bless them, they, they live their life, and I, I cherish all of their work, but um, here was the first one that I saw, okay, I can see where I want to go, you know, it's it's a distance away, but I see where I want to go, plus he has, um, he has started to talk about on, his, on Twitter and stuff, uh, I guess I'm not the only independently published person that has talked to him. And he talked about this year, uh, this was after we met, not that I think it was just me that inspired him to do this or anything like that, I'm not that egotistical. Um, <laughs> but he started writing about, you know, the difference between being independently published and being pu published in what they would call legit, right? Mm. And he says, even if it's the smallest publisher in the world, having someone else vet your stuff. It is a vetting, he kept saying. He said, to say, oh yeah, that's good enough for me to publish. I'm going to put a little money behind that. Sure. Yeah. That, it's just, you you are seen different in the eyes of the, uh, of the industry. 
and it's a it's a fact. And I have been legitimately published. I started in newspapers, and they were well, they the New York Times. No, so I haven't hit that hurdle. Have I been published by uh, national magazines? I've had a cover story in The Wizard. Um, I've been published by other people, yourself included, in comic books. I've been published uh, by you in your uh, uh, publishing company. You also did a, um, 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 a, a book about two boy detectives. That's yeah, right. Well-known, iconic uh, boy detectives. Nice, young, hardy boys. Yeah, they're, 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 they, those, the boys were quite hardy. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, which, again, uh, is a vetting, you know. Yeah. Um, and I have to remind myself of that and say, I, you know, there are legitimate things that I have done. Um, but now I, I, one of my goals for 2019 is to get published in, I have a whole slew of uh, target areas uh, where I want to get published uh, to, to do that vetting, you know. Um, and and start because there is a difference when when you're at a con and you have a table of independently published stuff and they every reader comes every prospective customer comes thinking that you've been published by some company mm-hmm. and when they hear that you publish yourself you see the light dim in their eyes and they shouldn't my my work our work. It's thrilling, even if I have to say so myself, <laughs> and, and has been vetted by many eyes before I'll let it go to the public. Is it perfect? No. Would I love it to be perfect? Yeah, but you know what? So would the New York Times. Look at their issue today, you'll find typos. It is what it is. That doesn't excuse my typos, and I'm always working to perfect the stories. But... I have to get myself in a position where they will look at my work the way it deserves to be looked at. And uh, meaning Joe kind of crystallized that for me. Mm. Uh, another highlight, I only have two more. That's kind of, Five is kind of a cheat because uh, there's more <laughs> than one in there. But number four, not again in this order, is this thing right here, this podcast. Ah, yes. Um, <clears throat> has evolved in 2018 to include the author interviews and other material. We have done funny episodes. We have done deadly serious episodes. We have done episodes about being a writer and episodes about uh, the creative world and... Pop culture and all that. Pop yeah. culture yeah. And, and the world itself, you know. As, as a matter of fact, we were talking just the other day. Tell the damn story unplugged, which is the version that you folks are enjoying now. Um, we are in our 64th or 65th episode. I mean, that's, that's, that's not counting the ones we did on YouTube with Tim Fielder prior. So we've already done, you know, quite a number of episodes just in the past year or so. And we should say this is episode 65 and, uh, and start numbering from now. Yes. (laughs) Yes, we, we, we should. And, and I'll even go back and number the other ones. Yes. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about formatting some other time. But, yes. Um, the existence of this and the um, nominal growth, right? It does not have the numbers of the, you know, top ten in, uh, you know, whatever list is being kept. Mm-hmm. But we see, we see that it's growing. 
and we hope that we continue to offer stuff that uh, helps others and um, is uh, enjoyable uh, at the same time, whether it be silly or serious. All right, the last one is a combo platter. Um, Shrimps, chicken, steak, what? I'm sorry? (laughs) I said shrimp, chicken, or steak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I spent some time and a bit of money revamping my website or having other people revamp my website because I didn't have the tech for it. And it now is a serviceable place to go if you're saying, who the hell is this particular Christopher Ryan? Because there are so many of us out there. Um, Mm. You can see the books. You can see my background. You can see, is it very complete? No, I don't think it has Tales of Aaron in it. Um, But there's a little bit of video. There's a little bit of music. There's some movies. There's books, so you get an idea. Well, he's done a few things. Uh, so that is cool. Um, the promo videos that you did for my books, and thank you again for that. Uh, my, my while pleasure. I haven't seen a lot of light of day in 2018, they're part of my plan for 2019, and um, they're a step forward in, in, in where I think we need to go as far as... Um, getting out there and, and showing uh, uh, professionalism. And that was has become a subplot for 2018, which is the last part I'm going to talk about. That Whether it was reading books or watching uh, tutorial videos or taking online classes um, or reading uh, blogs by, you know, there's a couple of great industry leaders that I've been following. And... Um, websites and even uh, watching how other writers tweet and, and, and post and, and comparing with what I do. Yeah, I have cre- I have amassed a, a, a considerable amount of new knowledge that I want to uh, apply in 2019. So I think all of those things have moved me forward um, in, in doing what uh, uh, we both love to do. So that has been my doing the work for 2018, and uh, I know, I know you're sad. Uh, I went to Pennsylvania and Ohio, uh, and that's still <laughs> in the same country, as opposed to Alex Simmons, oh, God. who used the USS Enterprise to stop by uh, various countries, including Russia to try and straighten out and create world peace just on his off days. Uh, but, you know, I try. I'm in the shadow of the, uh, the Alex Simmons. But I, I, I'm going to hurt you later. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's doing the work for it. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I did forget. You, you mentioned all this stuff, and, and I did forget to mention something. <laughs> the that, other 40 things he accomplished this year. <laughs> behave, behave. No, this this is something I, I really should have mentioned earlier. Um, uh, and it, it kept me in the United States, by the way. And, and it wasn't that far from one of the places he went to. I was invited to the University of Maryland, Eastern Shore, because there are a number of different campuses. It was the Eastern Shore campus of the University of Maryland, uh, to be on a panel at the exhibit of Billy Graham's artwork. And oh, I, yes. yes, I really should have mentioned that because Billy Graham uh, was not only uh, a, a really great artist and um, he was one of the first black artists to work 
you know, uh, largely in uh, Warren publications and, and early days of Marvel. Uh, and I think, you know, he, 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 as a matter of fact, he drew a lot of the Black, uh, Panther's Rage, Black Panther's Rage, which Don wrote. Don, Billy, and I used to all hang out together. Uh, great guy. But anyway, he passed on a few years ago. And his granddaughter, Shana, uh, began getting the word out, especially when Luke Cage, because he also drew that, when Luke Cage hit television and as the Black Panther movies kind of Shauna started to get the word out. And so this place, uh, this university did this wonderful exhibit of Billy's artwork, and I was down there uh, to be part of the panel with Shauna and her, and her father, Billy's son, who were, were on that panel, and then to teach a master class there. And, you know, we've talked about, uh, Chris and I have talked about it um, both behind the scenes and on mic about honoring uh, people who have influenced us, artists who've gone before us or who we have had the pleasure of working with or getting to know. And we'll be doing that a lot more in 2019. But you know, I, I apologize, Shauna and Billy, you know you know where you are, um, for not mentioning this earlier because this was uh, an extremely important moment for me because Billy helped me. I, Billy was older than I am. Uh, he was in, his, I guess, maybe his 30s or 40s when I was a teenager. And he was more like an uncle or a big brother to me in certain ways. And so in my 18, 19th year on this planet, I was having some, some, some struggles. And Billy was there for me. So I, you know, I do not ever want to not acknowledge how much he meant to me as a person and a human being, as well as you know, the great artist that he was. So I mentioned that. And thank you for, for holding back. And I'll mention uh, another thing, uh, Chris, because I said to a couple of personal things. One of them was I took my first vacation this year in like eight or nine years, and I got to travel a bit, and that was exciting. And then the other thing was, um, uh, Chris, you, you've taught how long in school? Um, pretty close to 30 years. 30 years, right. So in the same amount of time, because Chris and I met when I was working with an organization called Bronx Creative Arts for Youth. Uh, I was the artistic director there. There was a, a director of the organization named Barbara Barlow. She interviewed Chris. Chris was coming on as a writer. She was not impressed with me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I would have just let that one go. I wouldn't have brought that up, but okay. So she interviewed well, I'm inspired. Him. Yeah. Well, yeah, she wasn't impressed with him, so she... What did you do? I, I said, well, okay, you're not impressed with me. What do you have a lot of? Money wasn't props. it, right? I said, what are you talking about? She said, I said, props. What do you have a lot of? She said, well, someone just donated a couple of big boxes of hats. I said, okay, can we meet again uh, next week on Monday or so? And I went home. I think it was like a Thursday. And I wrote Billy Wizard and the Evil Eye over that weekend. And rewrote it and brought it into her early that next week. And it was and a play that involved? Well, it, the, the idea was um, the kids wore different hats, and the assignment in class, who was a school, was that they had to be the person whose hat they were wearing. And one kid, one or two kids were wizards, and they pretended to cast a spell, and they actually made the blackboard come alive. That's how long ago it was, it was a blackboard, not a chalkboard. Yeah, not um, even a dry erase board. Yeah, dry, yeah well, we didn't have dry erase. Exactly, time. yeah. Um, so, that that came around and was basically going to suck up the suck them up into whatever dimension he came from or some nonsense like that. And they had to, one of the things that happened as a result of this, well, they actually became, if they were wearing a 
colonel's hat that became a colonel and, and if they were a, a policeman's hat that became a policeman, all that stuff. So um, together they had to figure out how to defeat uh, and then convince the, uh, the one person who was doubting himself that he had enough within him to defeat the evil eye. Um, so there was a lesson to be learned and everything. And he wrote this over the weekend, folks, you know, based on or inspired by a couple of boxes of hats. Inspired by uh, feeling that this woman didn't think uh, enough of me. Yeah. <laughs> well, what, what can, so Chris and I met then. And that's how we got to know each other. Right. Chris and I met then. And uh, that was, as I said, it was called BCAY, Bronx Creative of Arts for Youth. And we're talking 30 years ago. And that play, that the performance of that play is on YouTube, like we just discovered this year. Yes. Now, here's why I brought it up, is in November of this year, I had a mini reunion, M-I-N-I, with about seven or eight of the young people who were like 13 to 15 or 16 when I met them, when I was working with them then, back in those days. And they're full-grown adults with their own children now. And I had this wonderful reunion with them. And it was absolutely inspiring to see that they... T- that these wonderful kids turned into wonderful adults. Uh, and that, you know, we were glad to be together at that moment, but some of us had even stayed in touch over the years, and it was like, it was like a family reunion. And I think if anything will satisfy uh, teachers or, or people, you know, creative artists who, who, who teach, you know, so, you know, teaching artists, um, anything will really satisfy you and make you feel like you have spent your time on this planet well, is having the chance to meet with some of your students years later and to hear their take on their time with you and, and how it benefited them. And I, I was like, you know, you, it's a humbling experience and it's also an inspiring experience because you wanted to do some good in this life and to know that you did, to have that confirmed, you know, just, just, it, it, it just makes you, it makes life a lot easier and it makes a lot of the nonsense that's going on become much, much lower in... It, it, it in, puts in, it in, in the perspective. Yeah, and, and far back, you, you know, in the back row of a large building. Yeah, For as long as you can. You yeah. Know? Uh, a former student, a student from last year came in this week and, you know, just making small talk. And he turned around and he says, you know, everything you told us about what would happen in college and how it would be, it was right on the money. It was true. <laughs> <laughs> he says, and it set us, it set me up for being able to deal with all that so well. And all of a sudden, he stuck his hand out and said, "And I wanted to thank you." Wow. There you I go. Would, I would have bet money that I would never see any of those students from last year again. They didn't. I did not have the impression. Some years you feel it, but last year I did not have the impression that I had successfully. Um, uh, reached anybody made an impact on them yeah. and to see that uh, you know it just again one of the highlights of 2018 is when you realize that you know people are still listening you know you know as and, a cre- um, as a creative we you know it, de- it depends on where your ego is and and Chris and I aren't running around with huge egos uh, as a creative you never know how your work yeah how your work is affecting the public. You, you, you're, you're taking a leap of faith. You're creating your best work. You're trying really hard to do, to do everything right, to get it right, to get it out there. And, and you hope 
that people enjoy it or, or gain something from it. But you don't know. And so when that reflection comes back to you, you know, whether it's a fan grabbing up a book at a convention going, oh my God, I read this like a year ago and it's great. And whether it's that kind of thing or in, in the case of what we're talking about where a student two, three, four, five, or 30 years later steps back into your life yeah. and tells you, yeah, yeah, you helped. You know, you were, you were part of helping me make some key decisions in my life or you kept me sane while such and such was going on. And, you, you know, sometimes it's overwhelming, but I'll take that any day to some of the other noise and nonsense that's going on. Any day. I would just wrap up by saying... Yeah, go ahead and wrap. Go ahead. Every one of you out there, take some time this last week of 2018 and cut yourself a break mm. and find the things that you accomplished. Yeah, take note none of that. None of us, none of us are expected to save the world. But all of us are expected to do some good. And I guarantee you, if you look honestly within yourself, you'll see those moments where you did some good and embrace them and pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Or, or and, rather, thank someone who was there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Tell them how they helped you. Right. Because that is another important way to tell, tell the, the damn, damn story. story. <laughs> <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. And, and please, you know, you know what, uh, again, we always ask, <clears throat> we'll keep asking, if you have any stories to share, any good moments that happened to you in 2018, or you want to comment on any things that we've said, please, that's why we have comment sections, please do, you know, let us know what you think. Should we tease that we're going to talk about works that influenced us? Next episode? Yep. Next episode. Yep, yep, we shall. We have a couple episodes left for 2018. Stay tuned. Adios. Peace.